Thank you for listening to the Modesto Foursquare podcast. We hope that this message encourages and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Please know that you can always join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, 510 Bernie Street in Modesto. You can also find more information on our website at ModestoFoursquare.com. Did you guys all have a good Thanksgiving? More or less? You ate food and watched the 49ers win, of course, and... Even watched the Packers win this week, man. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know they knew how to. I didn't know they remembered how to win, uh, but they did. And uh, yeah, th- you needed three in a. You need like seven in a row or twelve in a row or something. Yeah, it's all right. We'll we'll go easy on our Packers fans. But there's a reason why we never have green lights up here anymore because we're trying to get rid of that Packers green around here. <laughs> trying to bring in more reds and golds, you know, those types of things. So. You know, I, I, it has to be in the Bible someplace that 49ers fans are more spiritual than other fans. So I, I don't know where it's in there, but um, <laughs> really laying it on thick. We, we did win pretty well against the Seahawks on, Sunday, on uh, Thursday. So we're going to celebrate that. Smell, celebrate small victories, right? Reasons to be grateful, right? You get to eat turkey and you get to watch the 49ers win. What can be a better Thanksgiving than that? But don't we have so much to be grateful for, church? Just in our, we, we joke about it, but... Isn't God so good to us, right? If we, if we really look at our lives, aren't we such blessed people, right? Even, even in the midst of the things that we go through, even in the midst of the trials, right? The tribulations of this life, the, the challenges of this life, aren't we so, so blessed, right? To be a part of the family of God, right? To be welcomed in, right? By the King of kings and Lord of lords, to be in relationship with the God of the universe, right? Sometimes I think we don't take enough time to think about that, right? We, we become Christians, then we start doing all the Christian things, right? We go to church, and we sing songs, and we, we give our tithe, and we do those things, but we lose sight of the fact that, that we've been brought into the family of God. Like, how amazing is that, right? Look, look at your own life. Look at my life for a second, right? And think about how much I deserve and you deserve to be in the family of God. We don't, right? Even when we go out of this place, probably by the time we get to our car, we've already sinned like five more times, right? We've already said something we shouldn't have or we, whatever, right? We don't deserve this. We didn't earn it, right? We're not welcomed in because somehow we're good people, right? We're welcomed in because of what Jesus has done for us, because of his, his vast love for us, right? We're going to talk about that in the next three or four weeks, right? We're going to talk about how Jesus came to earth, right, as a baby, Emmanuel, God with us that the God of the universe came down to planet Earth, right? Became one of us, put on this, this stinky old body we have, right? That, that needs deodorant, right? It needs showers and soap and, you know, loses its hair and all sorts of other things that happen to it, right? He put on one of these ugly bodies and came to Earth, right? To dwell with us, to walk with us, right? And he came as a helpless baby, right? He didn't come like you know, with chariots of fire, right, from down from heaven, I'm God, right? Came as this helpless baby, right? Because he wanted to welcome us into the family of God, right? Into relationship with himself. And isn't it so amazing just to be a part of God's plans for our world? That God would have something for us to do, right? Again, how, how qualified are we to do anything for God, Right? It's one of the first things, you know, people come to know Jesus and they're like, well, I can't, can't do that or I can't do that because look at me, right? 
And then you tell them, look around this place. We all look just like you, right? But God welcomes all of us into his plans and his purposes, right? We get to be reflections of Jesus every day, right? Every place we go. That's one thing we got to think about. Every Sunday we come together, right? We get a little discombobulated throughout the week and people punch us in the face and all these different things that happen, right? Hopefully not physically, but maybe just emotionally, right? We get beat up a little and we come back, right? And we're reminded that we get to be reflections of Jesus, right? That we embody Jesus, right? That wherever we go, Jesus is there because he lives inside of us. And we are the only Jesus that most people are going to get to know, right? So wherever we go, we get to be reflections not of who we are, not of our, not of our flesh, not of, not of this, you know, stinky body, right? But of who Christ is, right? Representatives of Jesus, right? I remember um, coming on staff at a church. Now it's like 15 years ago now. And one of the first things that I learned as a staff member, even as a youth pastor, punk youth pastor at 20, right, is, is I got taught whatever you do is a reflection of the lead pastor. Whatever you do is a reflection of the church. You go to a party and you act like an idiot, right? It's a reflection of the church, right? But isn't that the same even more of our Christianity? Wherever we go, we are representatives of Jesus, right? So when we're a knucklehead at the grocery store and we steal the cart from somebody else, right? We cut somebody off for that parking space. Man, I went to that, that Walmart over in Sears. That place is nuts, okay? You shouldn't have a pretzel shop, and you shouldn't have all this other crazy stuff in there. It's nuts. It's like a city within a city. I will never go to that Walmart again, because it's just crazy town in there, right? Some of our worst stuff comes out around Christmas season. There's just just too many cars on the road, right? Too many people going places, right? Too many people at the Seas Candy Shop right in front of me, right, wanting to taste all the things. Too many people at the mall when I'm trying to go get a present for somebody, right? They just won't get out of my way, right? Got to remember that we're reflections of Jesus, huh? Right? Even when we're in the car, guys, maybe some of us should give up our driver's licenses because we just won't be a reflection of Jesus in there. So as we're reflections of Jesus, shouldn't we want to outflow? Shouldn't we want to pour out his goodness? Don't we want to be grateful people? Don't we want to be known not as the people who are like, oh, my life stinks, I don't have any money, everybody hates me, my car broke down, my dog just died, what are all the things, right, the country song. Do we want our life to be the country song of like my life is broken down, or do we want to be the people who say, I am so thankful for Jesus, right? I am so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful for what he's done in my life, right? Don't we want to be known, don't we want Christians to be known as thankful and joyful people? Shouldn't The joy of the world came down to dwell with us and lives within us. Shouldn't we be the most joyful people on planet Earth? Right? But so often in our culture, Christians are known as the mean people. The people who are against stuff. The people who are bashing other people. The people who are doing all these crazy things. Right? Instead of who we're for, which is Jesus. Right? Getting real now. Right? Maybe, maybe we don't have that conversation over the Thanksgiving meal or the, over the Christmas meal that we feel like we've got to be right about that thing, right? Because we've got Jesus on our side, right? And we don't want this to be a facade, right? We don't want to just like put on our Christian smile, right? Like, you know, get it permanently like tattooed on our face, you know? 
this smile. We don't want it to be pretend. We don't want it to be a show, right? One of my, one of my favorite worship songs, um, this, this band says, I don't want to bring you my show, right? I don't want this to be a show. I don't want my walk with Jesus to be a show. To come in and do my holy hallelujah Sundays and then go out and do my own thing, right? And just pretend, right? Put on my mask. I don't want to be faking it, right? We don't want to fake it till we make it, okay? We want this to be genuine gratitude pouring out of our lives, right? I'm reminded of the passage we talked about a couple weeks ago in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. This is in the NIV. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, right? Overflowing with thankfulness. That means we have so much thankfulness. Imagine our life is a cup. We have so much thankfulness, like my kids, when they, when they put the water at the, at, at the fridge, right? You put the water, you guys have those at your house, we put the, and they, they overflow their cup, right? And it goes all the way down on the floor, and there's a whole big mess, right? That's how we want our lives to be in Jesus. We want him to be pouring so much in us that it gets everywhere and on everybody that we're around, right? Overflowing with thankfulness. Eugene Peterson in the message, he says, and let your living spill over into thanksgiving, Right? Let your living spill over to thanksgiving. This is who God has called us to be, church. And this is what I think we really want to be. Don't we want to be joyful people? Don't we want to give thanks? Don't we want to have gratitude? Right? I don't think we, we want to be negative Nellies. I don't think we want to be curmudgeons, right? We have a lot of more gray-haired people in here, and I love you guys a lot, but just because you get older doesn't mean you need to get grumpy, right? <laughs> and that's not, that's not pointing the finger at anybody. What I'm saying is we don't have to get grumpy as we get older, right? Marilyn isn't here this morning, but she sits up front. She's one of the least grumpy people I know. She's 92 years old, right? That's who I aspire to be at 92, right? Somebody who just thinks every breath of air that I breathe is like a gift from Jesus, right? Don't we want to be that? I think we should be a happy bunch, right? When people come to church, they should be like, those people are weird because they smile too much and they are too happy and they are too joyful, right? And I'm looking out in the parking lot and I'm seeing their cars and there ain't a lot to be joyful about out there, right? But they just seem to be joyful, right? They don't live in mansions, and they don't have a trillion dollars, and they don't, you know, they, some of them like the Packers, and they can still be joyful people, right? When we think of Christians, I want us to think, imagine bright and wonderful people, right? Loving folks, caring and kind, right? What does that scripture say that when somebody says something mean to you, what do you come back with? You come back with kindness, right? Don't we want to be those people? Because we as Christians, we have Jesus, right? We do, right? You guys, you guys know we have Jesus? Yeah, okay, cool, great. We have the Savior of the universe living inside of us, so shouldn't we look different, right? And looking different isn't, it's not just about what we vote for in November, okay? 
Looking different is what we do every day, right? The small decisions in our lives, right? To love our spouse, to love our friends, right? To care for those in need, right? To set good boundaries when that's necessary, right? Loving doesn't mean you never say anything hard. Loving doesn't mean that you never offend somebody. Sometimes you offend people because you speak the truth. And there's nothing you can do about that. And that's when people got to figure it out, right? Um, But we want to be those people, genuine people. Shouldn't we be people who spill out with goodness, right? Pour over. As I was preparing for this, I was thinking about this gal in our church growing up. She was on the worship team. And uh, she just had so much joy and passion. She just like literally like, you couldn't like, the smile was like imprinted on her face, right? She'd put her hands up and she had so much passion and enthusiasm. She just worshiped. You want to know what? She couldn't sing a lick. She was one of the least talented singers in our entire church. The sound team literally turned her off. Her mic wasn't even on, right? And it was a bigger room than this, so you couldn't hear her, okay? But you could, you could hear her, you know what I mean? You couldn't hear her, but you could hear her because she was all about Jesus. And none of it was about her. If anyone noticed her or, or put their eyes on her, she wouldn't want that. She just wanted her glory to be for Jesus, right? And it wasn't because her life was perfect. It wasn't because her husband was perfect. It wasn't because her kids were perfect or she had the perfect job or she, had, she was amazingly wealthy, right? But it was because she served a perfect God. And she realized that he had redeemed her and restored her. And that's all that mattered to her. Everything else stripped away when she thought about what Christ had done for her, right? Don't we want to be like that? Her name was Judy. She probably won't listen to this podcast anyways. Don't we want to be like Judy? Don't we want to be those people that, you know what, my life isn't perfect, but man, I am just so overwhelmed with God's goodness for me. All right, whatever, however small it might be. I, I, I'm going to point them out because they're just really great people, but I'm going to tell you a funny story that has nothing to do with my message, and then, and then I'm going to boast on somebody. But So my son, right before service, he, he peed all the way down his pants, so, uh, and we didn't have any extra pants. Um, I went to the car to look for pants, and I saw this big present for Simone. It's her fifth birthday on Tuesday, and the Medusa had got us for us. It was so, I was so grateful. I knew it was from you guys, and I was, I was just in thanksgiving that somebody would care about my daughter like that and love on my daughter that way, and just those, right, don't we want to have those small bits of gratitude, right? Somebody thought about my five-year-old daughter on her birthday, right? Isn't that, don't we want to do those things, right? And they gave us pants. So they found, we didn't have any pants. I asked all around for pants. None of y'all had pants for whatever reason. For a two-year-old, I don't know what you're doing in your cars, but you should have pants. But the Medus gave me pants for Silas, too. They might be a little tight, but they're going to fit. He's going to look like the buffest kid ever. He's been working out his legs. He's been doing squats. So, Church, how do we remain grateful in the storms of life? Right? That's really the question we're going to talk about this morning. And you're thinking, man, that was an introduction. I promise it's not going to be that long this morning. How do we remain thankful when things don't always go our way? Do you know that things don't always happen the way you want them to? Right? Do you know that sometimes, or lots of times, we face challenges, church? 
right? You go to the bank and you put your ATM card in and it says, no mas, right? No mas, right? The kid pees all over his pants five minutes before service, you know? Right? That stuff happens. Life happens. Sickness happens. These bodies, they, they're not good. They just don't work that good, right? How Methuselah would want to live 900 years in a body like this? To, could you imagine what that guy looks like after 900 years? Man, there's a reason we don't live that long anymore. If you don't know who Methuselah is, you should go look him up in the Bible. Right? We face health issues and financial shortages and discouragement, job problems and friends and roommates and tenants and all the things, right? These are hard things, bills. I was telling somebody, uh, I like, if you guys know me, I like to write notes to people. So I write a lot of notes and I, I have this, I'll tell you my methodology, it's very spiritual. I have this, this um, church directory and I just flip through the pages and I just, God, tell me who to write a letter to. And I just go there. And I just write a little note, right? And uh, to whoever it might be. And, and Jerry came up to me and said, Pastor, thank you for writing that note to me last week. And I said, um, I said, well, one of the things I learned is that people just like to get, I learned this as a youth pastor. People like to get good mail, right? I used to send them to teenagers. They would never get mail for anything, right? But even greater as an adult, right? Because all you get in the mail is bad news, right? You owe the water company and you owe the power company and you owe the phone bill and you owe the, the mortgage company, right? Don't we just sometimes want some good news, right? Just a little note that says, I love you. I'm praying for you, right? In the middle of all the things of life. Maybe some of us are in the midst of tough seasons right now. Maybe we have stuff that's going on and maybe you haven't even told anybody about it. But how in the middle of things like this, how do we have thankfulness to the Lord? Ephesians 5.20 tells us, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? How do we always give thanks for everything, right? Not just for the great things, right? Not just for the notes in the mail from your pastor, but for for those, God, thank you so much for that Verizon bill. It's twice as much as I thought it was going to be, right? Thank you for that DMV registration. God, you're so amazing, right? But there's even bigger things in our world, right? There's, there's war, and there's famine, and there's poverty, and there's sexual confusion, there's hatred, there's sexism, there's racism, there's fear. Turn on the news for five minutes, you will be the most oppressed person on planet Earth, right? There's just a lot of bad things happening in our world. And They've been happening forever, okay? That doesn't mean that there are not things going on that are aligning with Scripture, but there's been, I mean, I've told you guys this before. If you want to look at a bad country, go look at Rome for about five minutes, okay? And they'll dwarf anything you see in America. It's like Rome is like 50 times worse, okay? That doesn't mean that everything here is good. I'm not saying that. But we can have overwhelming anxiety and depression, right? Because the enemy of our soul is hard at work, Right? He's hard at work. He's trying to kick our butts every day. He wakes up every day and he eats his Wheaties, just like the rest of us, right? And he tries to kick the tar out of us every second of every day, and he uses people to do it, right? 
Anybody ever been, got the tar kicked out of them by a person? Not in a physical sense necessarily, but in a, oh yeah, come on. We've all gotten a right hook and then a left one, right? Because the enemy is trying to take us out. He's trying to push us away from the Lord. Remember what John 10.10 says. Jesus is saying this to us. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and life to the full, right? The enemy of our soul is trying to beat us up and make us ungrateful. He knows that gratefulness is a key in our walk with Jesus. He knows that gratefulness unlocks doors in our lives, right? He knows that gratitude is so important. So he's coming after us, church. And I don't mean like every time you get a cold, somehow the devil's like out to get you, okay? Let's just, we're not, we're not, there's not like a devil under every rock, okay? But there are things that come against us that beat us up, right? That isn't from Jesus, right? And sometimes we make decisions that beat ourselves up, right? Sometimes we don't even need anybody to do it to us. Sometimes we're mad at God because we're in this circumstance or situation when we put ourselves there, right? None of you guys have ever done that, I'm sure. But what does Jesus promise us, right? We see the enemy part in part one, but we, what does Jesus promise us? I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, right? Don't we want that? Isn't that, isn't that what we're talking about? That God would pour us over to fullness, right? Life and life to the fullest. Even in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. I'm sure you guys love this passage also. It's a really popular one when you're going through it. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may mature and complete, not lacking anything. When we face trials, when we face challenges, because they're coming, church. If you don't got them now, they're coming, right? That doesn't mean you go around like, you know, with a helmet on or something. You live in a bubble or something like that. That'd be weird, right? We, there would not room through the door. There are, our doors, entrances are not big enough for bubbles, okay? So going to have to leave those at home. Consider it pure joy. Is that what James says? When you face trials of many kinds, turn to, turn to joy in Jesus, right? He is working through all the difficulties in our lives. He is not punishing us. He's not sitting up there and we're the little ants on his little board and he's flicking us around just like having fun like, man, I'm going to mess with Chris today. Let's just like squash him a little bit, right? The enemy of our souls is doing that to us. And church, God is not absent in our darkest valleys. God is not absent in our darkest valleys. He is, he is there with us, right? Remember we read Jonah a month or so ago? In the belly of the fish, God was there with Jonah. When he was sitting under that little tree that was giving him shade, God was there with Jonah. God is with us, producing perseverance. True growth in our spiritual walk does not happen when everything is perfect. True growth happens when everything is crappy. And what are we going to decide to do when the stuff of life comes at us? Are we going to choose Jesus? 
or we're going to choose our own way, right? Everybody can be joyful when life's good, right? Everybody can be joyful when life is good. But when life is giving us lemons, right, what are we going to choose to do? Because in the middle of all the stuff, God has a way through, right? We want a way out, right? We want God to just pick us up with like, you know, remember that game as a kid, you know, you put the quarters in and you got the little claw that comes down and you grab the little bunny or teddy bear. We want God to pull us out. I see nowhere in scripture where God pulls somebody out, right? Except for like those people got beamed up to heaven, like, you know, Elijah, but, but he has a way through, right? The other side of the valley, right? He's there with us. He's growing our faith. He's expanding our trust. He's making us more mature, right? Don't we want to be more mature people? I do. Man, there's so many times I'm like, oh my gosh. And not only do I think back to the dumb things I said when I was younger, I think back to the dumb things I said like five minutes ago, right? And want to be more mature like, next time I'm going to catch that thought before I speak it, right? Don't we want to be more mature people? I love those people. He's not here this morning, so I, I can talk about him because he's not here. But I, I love, I, I, I've had coffee with Joe Vieira several times, and I just love his perspective. He just, he just his, his, what he tells me is God is, he's good to me. That's what it is. Okay, maybe things are up and down and all around, but he's always been good to me. He's always taken care of me, so why would I think anything else, right? Don't you want to be mature like that? You're like, oh, one day when all these things come at you, you're just going to be like, it's cool. God's good. I'm going to be all right, right? Don't you want to be like that? Joe's going to like listen to this podcast and he'd be mad at me, but it's all right. If, I'll just tell him if he was here, I wouldn't have said it, so. <laughs> when all is well, it's easier to exude thankfulness. We don't even need to be Christians to do that, right? It takes the Holy Spirit to praise even in the midst of the storms of this life, right? It takes God's work in us. Right? Have you ever had a moment where maybe you've been going through it and, and you just turn on some, some Christian music? Right? I don't know all the cool Christian songs. I don't, I don't listen to Christian music as much as you might think I do. Actually, they've been playing Christmas songs on K-Love like, exclusively, which is kind of cool, but you're kind of tired of it after like 30 minutes of it. Um, but you just turn on some music and you're just like, you know, I'm going to choose to worship Jesus. Right? Or I'm not even going to choose to say anything. I'm just going to choose to let the song pour over me because I, I don't even have the words to say, right? I love the realities that God talks about in Lamentations. That's a book in the Bible, by the way, if you didn't know. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Even in the valleys, his mercies begin afresh each morning, right? He is there. He is at work. We have a choice in the pits of despair, church, to worship or to wallow, to complain or to thank, to have hard hearts or to have soft hearts. That's our choice, right? Henry Nouwen, renowned writer, and I said priest. He was a Catholic priest. He's since passed now. If you haven't read any Henry Nouwen, you should because he's great. Um, he says, true spiritual gratitude embraces all of our past, the good as well as the bad events, the joyful as well as the sorrowful moments. 
From the place where we stand, everything that took place brought us to this place. And we want to remember all of it as part of God's guidance. That, that does not mean that all happened in the past was good, but it does mean that even the bad didn't happen outside of the loving presence of God. Nothing, church, happens outside of the loving presence of God. Aren't you glad for that? That doesn't mean God's doing it to you, but it means he's with you and he's for you, right? Nothing happens outside of the loving presence of God. And I'm sure that if we look back to those moments, those hard moments, those lost moments, right? We look back now, we can see God there with us, can't we? Right? Even in the moment when we couldn't see him there, now when we look back, we see, oh, I see how God did that. Right? Remember that? Remember those moments? So how do we have gratitude in the storm? I got a few simple things. And then we're going to practice it together. Okay? We're going to make you talk to each other. If you didn't want to too bad, you're going to anyways. I told you, part of the pastor's job is to shove a little bit, all right? So not off the mountain, just, just. Number one, remember that God hasn't left us. Deuteronomy 31.6 speaks of a Savior that neither leaves us nor forgets about us, right? He doesn't like, it's like, oh yeah, I had a Chris Quintero. Oh, where is he? What's he up to, right? It's not like that toy that your kid loses, right? Everything I talk about is my kids, but it's like, they're like, where's that flashlight that I had? I don't know. I haven't seen it for weeks, right? We, we literally bought a new can opener because we couldn't find it. My kids took it, and I went to open the can one day, and it was gone, right? It's not like God forgets about us, okay? He is ever-present in our times of need, according to Psalm 46.1. He is with us, and he is for us. He is everywhere, all the time, with all of us, right? Number two, remember that God does not change. Remember, remember that? Jesus Christ, I can't even hardly see it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He doesn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed. He doesn't get moody, right? He is still our provider. He is still our healer. He is still our miracle worker. He is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords, right? He never goes on vacation, He never stops being who he is. He always comes through for us. He is dependable, right? He'd be like the best employee, right? The ones who'd show up every day, like 15 minutes early, right? They'd be working already, putting down drop cloths, you know. I'm picking on Chris this morning, but. Number three, remember that God hasn't punished us. Ephesians 1 Verses 7 through 10, this is in the message, says, Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all of our misdeeds, and not just barely free, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it out before us in Christ a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. We are free from the penalties and punishments chalked up by our misdeeds. Aren't you glad about that, church? And not just for all the things we did do, for all the things we're gonna do, right? 
He wants us to be abundantly free. He is not crushing us. The enemy is doing that, and sometimes we're doing it to ourselves, right? I tell you guys often, you're not going to want me to counsel you for very long, and anybody who's been counseled by me knows that, because after a couple sessions, I'm just going to tell you to stop doing that, right? You ever seen that, uh, there's like a funny comedian guy, like back in the old days, and he said, you know, the, the one where he comes in, the lady gets counseling, you know, from somebody, and, and she tells him, like, I feel like I'm going to get stuck in a box, you know, I'm gonna, somebody's gonna, I feel like everybody's putting me in a box, and I feel like it, the walls are closing in around me, and he says, I have two words for you, right? Two words, and they're going to fix your whole life. He says, stop it! You guys ever seen that one before? No, you never seen that? Go look it up on YouTube, right? I'm not that mean, but sometimes we're doing things to ourselves, and we just need somebody to tell us, stop doing that, Right? If you put your hand on the flame and your hand gets burned, then stop putting your hand on the flame. Right? We don't need somebody to say, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me wrap that hand up for you. Put a little lotion on it. And then you stick it back on tomorrow and see how well it does. Right? We need somebody to tell us, stop doing that. None of you guys are going to call me anymore. Call Pastor Jerry. He's, he's wonderful. So, God is always for us and always loving towards us, right? That doesn't mean he doesn't correct us. That doesn't mean he doesn't ask us to do things that maybe we don't want to hear, right? But he's always loving towards us. Number four, remember that God has prepared us for this. He's prepared us for this moment. This challenge that we are going through right now, in this instant, God has prepared us for this. Scripture says that he would never allow us to go through more than we can handle. And sometimes you're like, God, in the middle of those things, you're like, this seems like more than I can handle, right? This seems like more than I bargained for. God, anybody ever feel like that before? You're like, I don't believe that scripture because it doesn't seem right. But we've all come out the other side. We are equipped. We are prepared, not by our own strength, but by his, right? We can do this. We can walk through anything with Christ by our side. And, and when we look in hindsight, in our life, I'm going to ask you to do that in just, you know, just for a moment. We can think of those hard things that we've gone through. We can think, man, maybe it's something we went through when we were 35. And we think, if I went through that when I was 20, I would be in like a loony bin, right? I'd be curled up in a little ball in the corner. But when, because God took those 15 years to prepare me, I was able to walk through that, right? Or maybe even now you have a circumstance that comes up and, and maybe the old self wants to rear its ugly head and God says, Mm-mm, put that back down, right? And you, you act differently than maybe you would have even five minutes ago, right? Because God has prepared us. That maturing process has gone on in our lives, right? We can walk through anything with Christ by our side. Number five, remember that God will provide for us, right? I want you to do something. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to read Psalm 103 to you. It's not on the screen, so you don't need to keep your eyes open. I didn't put it up there because I thought you might break the rules and read it with me, but just close your eyes. I want to read this over you this morning as kind of us wrapping up together. It says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. 
He will, all, he will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its, and it, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with the children's children. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. This is the God we serve, church. He will walk us through the fires of this life. He will care for us through the storms. So will we choose to be grateful? Will we be thankful people in every season? Will we be joyful people in every circumstance? Because it's not a feeling. It's a choice. A choice to stand upon the promises of God. A choice to live in the realities of the Lord instead of the brokenness of our world. When we do this, we have joy in every season. We have peace. We have hope. We have love and we overflow with thankfulness. I want us to do something to, to close our time together. I want you to turn to a neighbor. And I want you to share one thing you're thankful for, grateful for in the last week or so. Okay, it could be something small. It could be something big. And then I want you to share one challenge that you're facing. Right, one thing that it's hard to be grateful in that thing. Right? And then I want you to pray for each other. Okay? So one thing you're thankful for, one challenge you're facing, and then I want you guys to pray for one another. And believing that, you know there's no magic when a pastor prays for you, right? People ask me all the time to pray. I'm like, go ask Sam. He's probably going to pray better than me anyways, you know? There's nothing magical, right? We're all saints. We all belong to Jesus. Your prayers are just as effective as mine, probably more effective than mine, okay? So, Pray for one another, share something you're thankful for, something you need prayer for, and then you're free to go after you do those things. All right? Blessings. Thanks again for listening to the Modesto Foursquare podcast. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged in your walk with the Lord as you listen to our Sunday morning message. Please feel free to visit us any Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, 510 Bernie Street, Modesto, California. You can also find more information on our website at modestofoursquare.com. Have a blessed day.